The Holy Gospel is recorded in Matthew chapter 14, beginning with the 13th verse. This is the account of the feeding of the 5,000, and these words will also serve as the sermon text. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You Give them something to eat. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which Jesus brings the Holy Spirit to our hearts is the gospel for today, Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21, the feeding of the 5,000 that you heard read earlier. Please be seated at this time. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Football is not just a game. It teaches young men uh, discipline and determination. It fosters teamwork and camaraderie. It builds character and mettle. And so also similar arguments are made for other sports. Our purpose here this morning isn't to weigh the merits or to see whether those sports actually achieve those goals or not. But rather, we want to notice how even the world recognizes that something physical like a sport, can affect us on a much more deep level. It doesn't only train the body. And so how much more so can our God, who gave us both body and soul, use the physical to train us on a much deeper level? That's what we see him doing here in the text, isn't it? He uses something physical, the food or the lack thereof, to train his disciples, to train them to trust him. He does the same for you and me, dear friends. He trains our trust. And often he does that using the physical things of this world, whether that's food or money or resources or abilities or health. He trains our trust. That's the theme we focus on this morning. He trains our trust 
to rely on him instead of our own abilities. That's part one. And part two, he trains our trust to follow him, even when we don't understand the way. Now, as the text begins here, the twelve disciples have just returned from the preaching mission Jesus sent them on to the towns and villages of Galilee. They need some time to refresh themselves with Jesus. And he has also received the bad news that John the Baptist has been beheaded. And so they, they leave behind the populated areas along the Sea of Galilee and sail to the more remote and isolated places. And yet their time alone doesn't last long. Crowds see Jesus and his disciples sailing off, and they follow along the shore, and as they go from town to town, more and more gather, and they bring along the sick and the weak. And so not long after Jesus arrives on the other side, he goes out and sees, sees the crowds. And his heart goes out to them. His heart aches for them. In his compassion, he heals their sick. He teaches them, preaches to them. And yet he is there not only helping the crowd, he's also using this as an opportunity to train his disciples, to train them to rely on him instead of their own abilities. All four of the evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, record the events of this day, and they fill us in with different details. For example, John tells us that early on after the crowd arrived, Jesus asked Philip, one of the twelve, where shall we buy food for all of these people? And so the disciples had time to mull this over, to talk about this among themselves. And as they analyzed the situation, they came to that conclusion we heard Matthew tell us about. They come to Jesus late in the day and say, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. That's what reality was. They didn't have enough food to feed these people. But notice how Jesus contradicts them. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Hadn't he been listening? They had run the numbers. They had done the math. The numbers don't lie. They couldn't feed all these people, even if they had eight months of wages to spend on food. That wouldn't even give these thousands a bite. And that's if they had a place to buy food out here in this remote area. All they could scrounge up was, was a, a boy's lunch, five loaves of bread and two fish. How far would that go? The numbers just didn't add up. And what numbers don't add up in your life, dear friends? Is it the numbers from medical tests that just don't get any better? Or the number in the checkbook that makes you feel like you're falling farther behind? Is it the number of hours in the day that just don't seem to be enough to get done what we need to do or what we want to do? Or is it the number of failures and disappointments that just seem to keep adding up while the number of 
of, of meaningful relationships and accomplishments stagnates or even dwindles. And how more, much more depressing those numbers become when we truly want to serve the Lord, but we feel held back by reality, we feel limited. I don't have the abilities, I don't have the time, I don't have the resources, I don't have the money, I don't have the health, or whatever else makes us feel inadequate. The disciples truly wanted to help those people, but they just didn't have the resources. Only five loaves and two fish. Like the disciples we too need to be confronted with how limited we are. That left to our own devices, left to our own abilities, we are inadequate, failures. Yes, even when it comes to serving the Lord, there is that temptation to focus on my abilities, my time, my resources, and that, that is a very dangerous mindset that says, what can I do with my abilities to serve the Lord and help others? How dangerous when the focus is on I and my abilities rather than on serve and help. Yes, even as we outwardly serve the Lord, we need to constantly guard our hearts, for so easily our hearts still focus on me. And so Jesus confronts us. But you see that, that focus on me and my abilities, rather than relying on him, that's dangerous. Spiritually and eternally dangerous. For when we focus on my abilities, we are not relying on Jesus. We are not trusting in him. And so Jesus proves to you and to me just how limited we are. How we cannot accomplish all that he gives us to do. The disciples could not feed all those people with those five loaves and two fish. How could they do that? How? Well, what does Jesus say? Bring them here to me. Yes, dear friends. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him in prayer. Lay out before him your thoughts and plans, your aspirations and desires to serve. Lay out before him your, your, your struggle, your, your feelings of limitations. Lay out before him how, how you feel held back by reality, whether that's because of, of, of lack of ability or resources or time or money or health or whatever else. Lay out before him your failures and frustrations your losses and disappointments. Lay it all out before him in prayer. Bring it to him, for this is Jesus. Jesus, whose heart aches for you. His compassion saw you and me harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And even for sheep like us, this shepherd laid down his life and took it up again. He knows you by name. He takes care of you. So rely on him. Rely on him instead of on your own abilities. For he did not fail you 
when he went to the cross for your sins and rose from the dead. And he will not fail you now or ever. Rather, he's training us, training us to trust him, training us to rely on him instead of on ourselves. So bring it all to Jesus and lay it before him. For you see, as he trains our trust, he trains us not only to rely on him instead of our own abilities, he trains us to follow him. Yes, dear friends, rely on him and follow him. Follow him even when you don't understand the way. Which brings us to the second part here. As we go back to the text, notice what happens when the disciples bring it to Jesus. First of all, he has the crowds sit down. Now, we're not told what the disciples were thinking, but if I were one of those disciples, I'd been thinking, well, Jesus, didn't you hear what we said? Five loaves, two fish. If we have the people sit down, they're going to expect to eat something, and there's no way we can feed them all. But whether they understood or not, it didn't matter. They did what Jesus said. They followed him. And then what does Jesus do? He doesn't complain about how little food they have. He doesn't bemoan that he could have done so much more if there had been more food. He doesn't chew out his disciples for not doing better. Neither what does he do? He looks up to heaven and gives thanks. He gives thanks to his heavenly Father. And then he has the disciples hand out the food. And here again, I would have been thinking, we're not even going to give everyone in that first group a bite to eat with what we have here. And yet, not only did all those thousands have more than enough to eat, there were 12 basketfuls left over. It didn't matter whether the disciples understood or not. They followed what Jesus said and how he blessed that. And so also, dear friends, follow Jesus. Whether you understand the way that he is leading us or not, follow him. Follow him, first of all, by, by giving thanks, just as he did. Whether you feel as if you have a lot or a little, whether you feel you've been dealt a full hand or shortchanged, give thanks for what the Lord has given you. For he has blessed each one of us in his own way, and he has blessed us much more, much more than we can use or deserve in this life. Give thanks. Give thanks to your Heavenly Father for the bounty of what he has given to you. And then follow what Jesus instructs us to do. First of all, follow by being active in the word. For this is how Jesus brings to our hearts and minds his word, his will, and his way through his word. Grow in your knowledge and understanding of the scriptures. Do you see how Jesus brought this out in his ministry? For example, when he visited Martha and Mary and brought home to Martha that her sister Mary had chosen the one thing needful as she sat there listening to Jesus' words. For you see, our love for God 
shows itself as we busy ourselves with his word, for his word brings us that message of love. Love for God loves his word. And then as that word fills your heart, follow Jesus as you see where he has placed you in life and the opportunities he has given right here, right around you, to serve and to serve him. Look at how God's love can shine out from you. That's what Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, wasn't it? Let your light shine so that others glorify your Father in heaven. Reflect the love of God to those around you. Show kindness and forgiveness to your neighbor and, and, and your family. And, and look at the role the Lord has placed you in as, as husband, wife, parent, child, student, worker, citizen, church member, and carry out those responsibilities. Oh, though they may not look spectacular, they may not make the news, but that's what the Lord has given us to do, to carry out the responsibilities and the roles that he has placed us in in life, to carry them out faithfully to the glory of our God. And do that with, with that gentleness, love, and, and humility that leads others to know the, want to know the reason for the spiritual hope that you have. Be ready to give that reason, to explain the good news of Jesus Christ. Who are those the Lord has brought into your life whom you can personally share that message of Jesus with? And how can you support the spreading of that message to those who have not yet heard? Yes, even when we just have five loaves or two fish, the Lord gives us these opportunities to serve as we follow him. And we don't always see. It's probably most of the time we don't really see how this is going to affect the kingdom work? How does our act of kindness or our carrying out our daily responsibilities faithfully to the glory of God, how does that work in God's kingdom? Many of these things we won't see on this side of heaven. How does putting that money in the offering plate or the prayers that we say, how does that produce results? Many of these things we cannot see on this side of heaven. But that's because the Lord is training us. Training us to trust him. Training our trust to follow him even when we don't see the way. But to follow him nonetheless because he is our Jesus, our Savior, our Shepherd. And that's how he trains us in this life even using the very physical things of this world to train our trust, to train us to rely on him instead of our own abilities, to train us to follow him, even when we don't see the way. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.